It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, tonight the Toronto Raptors embark upon the second quarter of their NBA season, and oh, what a pivotal quarter of the season it figures to be. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it, so like, I don't shoot kind of miss. So. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? And welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, December the 6th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can follow all my work over on the website that don't work so good at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors. And of course, you can hang out in the Locked On Raptors Discord server, a great place to be, whether it's a game day for the Raptors, whether it's an in-season tournament night, whether it's an off day for the Raptors, of which there have been many of late. It's a great place to be. Come hang out with all little sickos just like you in the Locked On Raptors Discord server. The link is in the description of the podcast, and it's free to join. Would love to see you in there. Uh, of course, you can also find the show for free wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Hit the little notification bell on YouTube and you will never miss an episode when it premieres. You don't want to be missing episodes. You want to be in every day or you want to be there in the nitty gritty, in the chat, all that good stuff when the show goes live. Thanks in advance for doing that. And thanks today for game time or to game time for bringing you today's show. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked at NBA for $20 off your first purchase. And we are off and running here to talk about Q2 for the Toronto Raptors. The next 20 or so games figure to be very, very pivotal for the future direction of the franchise as the trade deadline draws ever closer. And here to tee up the next 20 or so games for the Toronto Raptors and players that we're going to be watching, team trends of note and the general stakes at play here for the Raptors is the wonderful Katie Heindel from Dime and Basketball Feelings. Katie, how the hell are you? I'm good. I'm good. Got a nice new ambient light source yes. in the living room, which is yes. the Christmas tree. Uh, set that guy up last night. Feeling good. I think, Katie, I'm going to start setting up my Christmas tree, maybe just for the lights, not even with the decorations, the day the clocks go back in oh, November. Yeah. It feels like a replacement for sunlight that you just kind of go without. For a whole month uh, after the clocks go back uh, for some reason, just the most miserable decisions, decision humankind has ever made. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's the solution. I, too, love my ambient source of light in the living room. It's not in here with me. I should probably get a tree for while I podcast to make me more gleeful while I do that as well. But uh, happy to hear that the Christmas tree is doing its job. Katie, uh, big show today. The Toronto Raptors play tonight against the Miami Heat. Kyle Lowry in town. That's always fun. Uh, no Bam out of bio, no Tyler Hero. So, uh, you know, we'll see. The Heat still very annoying, hard to play against, etc. 
etc. Won't be an easy one, I'm sure, uh, but it's the first of the next 20 or so games here that we're going to kind of focus in on today. It's a uh, big time for the Toronto Raptors. Michael Grange writing a piece yesterday, not really any surprises necessarily, but digging in over at Sportsnet to what lies ahead for the Raptors here in the next 20 games, who of course are 9-11 and 11 so far, very much a 500-ish team as they were last season, even if the look and feel and general enjoyment level has been much different than last year. Um, let's just kind of go big picture here, Katie. We'll get into specific players, team trends we're watching, but these mm -hmm. next 20 games, the deadline obviously looming a little bit beyond the 20 game, the 41 game cutoff, I suppose, once you get to the half of the season. Um, but these feel pretty important. Do they not? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, you look at the schedule, they're important and they're also pretty winnable. Mm -hmm. I'd say, um, I'd even say like some of the tougher matchups are pretty winnable considering that the Raptors seem to be now playing up pretty consistently yep. uh, and do their best work against better teams. So I'd actually say kind of some of like the mid level slash like lower level matchups might actually be more of a slog. A couple of Hornets games coming up. Yeah. Be nasty. <laughs> um, and like not to pair the Hawks with the Hornets, but I just think that's another team that would kind of give them some trouble. Sure. Uh, but yeah, like I think the next stretch is going to be pretty telling um, for what they want to do. Granted, like this is always a good time of year energy wise still. Mm -hmm. Um, they are being, they are officially out of the in-season tournament. They are kind of like left out of all that. Mm -hmm. I wonder also what that is going to do with like, I don't know, will it recalibrate their focus? Are they going to feel left out <laughs> of all the excitement? I'm not sure. I do wonder if just like the four days off to kind of regroup, take stock, have a couple of practices, um, which of course, when you play eight games in 13 nights, like they had just come off of, you're not mm -hmm. getting a ton of practice time. I wonder if we'll see some new wrinkles start to get incorporated, some different lineup combinations, maybe. Maybe the long-discussed starting lineup shakeup is ahead of us sometime in the next 20 games here. Um, you know, I, I guess it all comes down to the deadline, right? And what the Raptors are going to decide to do when it comes to Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr. We know the deal by now. Pending free agents galore on this team. And, you know, I, I think, look, did we kind of do this last year? Similar situation, pending UFAs, uh, you know, kind of a middling to bad start to the season. The next stretch of games really kind of important for, you know, gleaning information and all this stuff. And then, of course, they gleaned all that information and then got Yaka Pertle, which made a lot of people very mad. Um, you know, I, I guess what do you think over the next 20 games here is the thing that you're most looking for to sort of indicate there's something here like, yes, mm -hmm. this is like a group you can go forward with, because obviously it's it's looking record wise stagnant compared to last year. Like we talked about, I think it's very different in terms of the way it's happening. As Pascal Siakam said and was quoted in this Michael Grange piece, it's not like anything's bad. It's just nothing feels amazing. It's like a perfect <laughs> encapsulation of, uh, I think, a lot of people's mental states and also the Toronto <laughs> Raptors. Um, yeah. What, what do you think like we need to see here in order for you to be like, you know what? There's something here worth keeping around. That's a great quote um, <laughs> and forever applicable. Uh, I think consistency with that core, with the people mm -hmm. that are in question and, and the people that seem to have pretty consistently been in question the last couple seasons um, because of either their play uh, and their contracts. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I think 
consistency between Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, and OG Ananobi all together on the floor, I think is sort of mm-hmm. like the will be the biggest telling factor. And I think is what, you know, um, Bobby Webster and Masai Jerry have kind of been looking at all along because of course when you get games like that, Phoenix Suns win, mm-hmm. you're like, Oh yeah, this makes complete and total sense. And like this is the team that we want to carry forward with. But then that that at least so far this season has been the rarity you know, all three of those guys showing up. So, I mean, that's what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. It's a tough thing to predict. And I think yeah. it's even tougher when all parties involved understand the stakes, right? They know that's what they're looking at. Um, sometimes you can't force it. Sometimes forcing it makes it harder, mm-hmm. makes it worse. But I mean, I'd say that like maybe that's the thing that was perhaps missing in past seasons or past iterations of this conversation is it's very clear to the people involved, you know, what, yeah. what's on the line and what they have to do to show. It's so silly because it's like, they have to like prove they want to stay when they've said they want to stay all along, but to show that it's, they can work and, and like they can work together if they do stay. So mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's all they have to do, which <laughs> sounds so easy. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think we know some things, right, that I don't mm-hmm. think are going to tangibly change. Like, we know the fit between those three main guys and Yaka Pirtle, for example. Not perfect. That said, Yaka Pirtle been very good. Uh, he has his place on this team. But I, I do think that those core three dudes are really the focus here, right? And ultimately, the decision, I think, is going to come down to is it two of them or is it three of them? I, I I think, and you know, I think there's arguments both ways. I know lots of folks are just like trade Pascal, get some depth, all that stuff. I, I tend to sort of skew towards the keep the really talented players and, you know, bank on the talent and figure out the rest later. Um, but, you know, reasonable people can disagree about the direction here. I, I do think the, the nice thing is as we've, you know, been in this cycle of kicking the can down the road for many years, it does feel like the road is ending because of the finality of having the, both mm-hmm. Siakam and OG on pending UFA contracts, uh, they they simply cannot go through the deadline with uh, all like both of those guys. You know their futures not in some way sorted out. Whether it's, it's an extension for Pascal or like a handshake agreement that they're going to sign a deal with Pascal, and knowing what they're going to pay OG, et cetera, et cetera, or trading Pascal for whatever you can get for Pascal, which I think. You know, prepare yourself for it not to be all that thrilling, Raptors fans out there. And this is why, again, I'm kind of more on the side of keep the really good player. But that's just me. I'm a dumb guy who thinks good players are uh, a good thing in the NBA, as unlike many people, seemingly. But, um, yeah, that's what it all comes down to here. And look, those three guys, plus 20.2 net rating, the three of them without Jakob Pertl on the floor. It's a plus 3.6, just those three guys in general, which maybe isn't quite promising enough or positive enough for you to say, yes, this is a guaranteed trio you got to bank on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think there's still stuff to learn about that group, which I think is important here. Yes, we've been in the information gathering phase for a very long time, but also the Scotty Barnes of it all has changed the context of the team. So we're really only 20 games into this sort of new reality, mm-hmm. and the next 20 games will be a very useful uh, 100% addition on top of the current sample we have of this version of Scotty Barnes. Uh, we'll come back to this side. Speaking of Scotty Barnes, speaking of interesting players, Katie, we're going to talk about the players over the next 20 games that we are most interested in keeping tabs on. We will do that in just one second. But first off, speaking of keeping tabs on players, it's time for our partners at eBay Motors to bring you the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Guaranteed Fits of the Week. 
Of course, our partners over at eBay Motors have been teaming up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each and every week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. Uh, first off, the people in the Locked On Raptors Listener League, cover your ears right now. You don't need any help. Uh, I, I need to beat you guys, but the rest of you keep on listening. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. It's a handful of guys here. Patrick Williams, Kelly Oubre Jr., about to return from injury. Derek Lively the second, but I am going to highlight one. Obi Toppin, because the Indiana Pacers are the coolest team to watch in the league right now, and Obi Toppin is banging threes, playing no defense, just lighting it up, playing alongside Tyrese Halliburton. You should be going to check out Obi Toppin to see if he's available on your waiver wire to help you out. And of course, he's going to Vegas, baby. You're going to get the Vegas bump from Obi Toppin this week if you can add him to your team team josh lloyd for locked on fantasy basketball is going to help you with your winning your fantasy basketball championship all season long and ebay motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit the same goes for your vehicle with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you can make your ride or die make sure your ride or die stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights roof racks bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply Okay, we continue on here. Your first listen of the day. Katie Heindel is here. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks to our everyday. Here's a reminder. Uh, Locked on Sports 24-7 is the brand new, first of its kind, 24-7 streaming channel full of Locked on Podcasts. The national shows, the local shows covering the biggest stories every day, all over there on the Locked on Sports 24-7 streaming channel, which you will be directed to at the end of the show if you're watching on YouTube, in the premiere at least, and uh, you should go subscribe over there. It's great. Okay, Katie, let's dive in. Most interesting guys over the next 20 games or so here. Who you got your eyes on? Who are you fascinated by to kind of see, you know, where their stock is going up or down within this Raptors team? Who you got? Just just throw a guy out there. <laughs> uh, I think probably Pressure's Achua first. Okay. Um, Because he's shown flashes so far this season. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when he's looked good, he's looked great. When he's looked bad, it's been the same kind of problems as seasons of the past. Um, some of this I do still want to track up to consistent minutes and playing time. Granted, like he'll probably have to get a sense of having better footing under him when he gets to play, because if this rotation is going to be so deep, mm. you know, it, it, he, it's not going to be like set how many minutes he gets, you know, in any given game. Um, but I still really root for Precious Achua. And I think <laughs> the, in the flashes he does show, he is what the team could use, you know, when he, he swings shoot. games for them when he's yeah. good. When yeah. he can shoot, when he can be like a real momentum kind of energy shifter, um, he when he kind of you know locks in and and is with it defensively because mm -hmm. you can't really forget his size, which sometimes I think he does. Um, but yeah, like I I'm kind of curious because I think there's still a place for him on the team, but I wonder as we're talking about rumblings of you know trades and what does like a potential package look like. Um, I think his name will probably be floated. Mm -hmm. So. I would like him to stay. <laughs> I think that's a great call because like we focus so much on the Pascal and OG of it all, but there are other guys playing to be part of the long-term plans here and whatever these Scotty Barnes era is going to look like. Mm -hmm. And Precious Achua doesn't have a contract for next year right now. He is very much one of those guys. 
you know, obviously it seems like he's carved out the pretty clear role as like the seventh man in the rotation. And, you know, again, that has its ups and downs for sure. The poster coaster running wild all over the place. We love it. We wouldn't want it any other way, although it would be nice if he could just be consistently really good for a while. Um, but yeah, I, I think watching how Precious can kind of, I, I think I'm really interested when it comes to how he potentially becomes an agent to fit into these lineups with Scotty, Pascal, and OG. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the shooting obviously is waxed and waned. He's at like 26% this season. It always feels better than that when it goes up. And then, you know, it's a lot of bricks and air balls along with just beautiful buttery swishes, uh, <laughs> you know, mixed in between a quarter of the time. Um, but like if there's an avenue here where Precious can be the fifth guy alongside, you know, Dennis plus the three big guys, then like, you know, maybe that's an avenue, A, to the Raptors' whole thing working and being viable, and B, to Precious being a guy who they want to keep around for the long term. Like, that's really interesting to me. Um, you know, I, I think I've kind of seen enough of the Scotty plus four bench guy lineups or anyone plus four bench guy lineups. Um, but if Precious pops, like, he makes those lineups a little bit more effective as well, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, watching him, you know, I, I think there's sort of maybe a growing contingent of the fan base that's out on Precious, which, hey, like, if you want a consistent basketball, I understand why you might be a little dubious of the Precious Achua experiment. But this next 20 games, yeah, it, it's not just Pascal, OG, Scotty that you're kind of keeping an eye on here. It is 100% Precious Achua, really big part of it. I love that call, Katie. I'm looking at Pascal Siakam, though, like... Look, I know I'm the, oh, this is the Rube who loves Pascal Siakam and wants Pascal Siakam to be on the Raptors for a long time. Sue me. I'm an idiot. Whatever. Uh, I think these next 20 games, the, you know, the sort of, you know, his own individual stuff, the three-point shooting in particular, that's got to come up. He's shooting 19% or just under 20% from three on the season. Really bad. And if that is just what he is now, then yeah, the long-term fit with him and Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi is weird and probably too untenable to figure out. I also don't think he's a 19.8% three-point shooter. I feel like there's going to be a breaking of the dam of some sorts here coming up. And, you know, how much that dam breaks? Will it be the the dam at Isengard just, like, washing through and ruining Saruman's plots? Or will it be just kind of a little dribble where it's not quite... The, the gushing volume that you want from the three. Are you getting into Lord Pascal of the Siakam. Rings Christmas rewatches? Is that is that uh, where we got? It's been a couple of years, Katie. And okay. I, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to throw okay. myself back. It used to be an annual holiday thing. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of think I kind of wore myself out on it because, uh, you know, I'm just steeped in the extended versions way too much. But, oh, dude. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch the extended no, version. No, we've what had this argument about? before. I, I just remembered. <laughs> That's... I know we have, but there's so much good stuff. I refuse. No. Versions. And a lot of bad <laughs> stuff, too. Look, mm-hmm. yeah. um, anyway, where was I? Pascal. Yeah. The, so the individual stuff. And then I also think just sort of the interplay between him and Scotty is a thing to watch here over the next 20 games as well. I actually think last five or six games is look pretty good. It's looked mm-hmm. like they are figuring out how to you know leverage one another to create successful offense. And yes, sometimes they're limited by the lack of space around them. And that's a challenge. But I think if they can continue to display that they can kind of do the, you know, Pascal will have his pockets of the game, but Scotty kind of takes over. I think that Suns game was kind of the perfect version of what this looks like, right? Where Siakam cooks while the matchup is asking for it. And then Scotty can kind of 
go into God mode in the fourth quarter and be the closer that Pascal Siakam has sometimes struggled being in the past. So uh, I think there's still a workable chemistry between those two to be found here, Mm -hmm. but it's got to work really well over these next 20 games, or I'm not sure it's something the Raptors can go and say, you know what, we can invest in this for the next five years. Um, I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. Again, I continue to think the problem with this team is not the really good players, but it's the players around them and the fit that, you know, is, is a result of that. But uh, where are you at with Pascal over this next little stretch? What are you watching for? No, I'm with you. I guess that makes me a rube, but I think, <laughs> you know, in terms of the team moving forward, they they haven't really explored, like, sorry, I'm going to, uh, there's nothing about you or the show. <laughs> Just, you're thinking about the extended versions of uh, yeah, Lord of, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Just like there's so much more talking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, like when we when we talk about this team moving forward, if it's just if the idea is it moves forward under Scotty Barnes only, mm-hmm. there hasn't even been. I don't know what that looks like competently. It doesn't mm-hmm. look better right away oh. you know like it looks actually a lot worse so it's growing painy for sure yeah and like and kind of bereft of i would argue balance. that's what the last the two and a half seasons have been right is mm-hmm. like full of growing pains and bereftness at times so i think the argument to keep pascal makes more sense until you feel whether you feel confident in scotty barnes like it being the guy that you want to take things forward with um you feel confident in your new coach mm-hmm having like a firm footing and understanding of who, who he has and like what he can do. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't have that yet. So it's not, and it's not just for stability. Like it's also for ability. (laughs) You know, we, you, you end up winning a lot less games without Pascal Siakam's contributions. Like there there are some nights he seems quiet. I think of what an old quiet night from Pascal, you know, used to look like scoring wise and it's leaps and bounds from where it is now. Now we're like, oh, 22 to 25 points <laughs> seems like a slow night for him, right? Where there were, you know, I remember when it's like seven points <laughs> or like sub 10. Yeah. So I think you've, you've got to be realistic about the fact that, yeah, you want you want to move forward and you want to make a decision. And I think everyone is very much like there and has been there for a while, certainly within the mm-hmm. fan base. But for what? You know, like it has to it has to make sense and it has to actually shore up the future and not mm-hmm. just give you more of the same. Yeah, this is like my whole thing with a Pascal trade is like, what are you getting for Pascal Siakam to mm-hmm. improve your station? And if it's like a couple of middling picks and, you know, meh prospects, I don't think that actually improves your station when you currently employ Scotty Barnes, who is already in year three. The clock is always ticking with star players like. It just, to me, feels like, uh, you know, a tear down to the studs for the mm-hmm. sake of tearing down to the studs because that's the conventional way to build basketball teams. Whereas, you know, the Raptors don't do it that way. It's a thing I respect about them. And I think I understand the sort of angst about, oh, they're, t- they're still deciding, really? They st- what more information do they need? Like, I mean, they're here now. Mm-hmm. Yes, they probably should have made some decisions in the offseason and bit the bullet on something or whatever. But now they're here you might as well take the time at your disposal to get all the information you can under the new context of the team, which is Scotty Barnes is the lead guy. And I think that's pretty unquestionable at this point. Use the time at your disposal here between now and the deadline to figure out what needs figuring out. And, you know, a little patience, a little bit of, I think, kind of belief in the process of just kind of 
watching things play out over the course of a half season or so, there's value in that. And I think the Raptors are right to not be like, December 15th is here, must do trade now. Like, I, I don't think they're going to do that. Katie, we'll come back to their side. We will get into the team trends we want to watch over the next little while here as well. Will the defense get better? Will the starting lineup change? We'll talk about that and more coming up in just one sec. But first, got to tell you, better good friends over at Game Time, the single best place to go and buy tickets for your next sporting event. And right now, it's the holiday season. What better way to show someone you love them and to buy tickets to an event that you want to go to with, to with them? With Go to with them? There, I said it. Yeah, I'm really good at this whole talking thing. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You get killer last-minute deals. You get all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets with all of those wonderful features. Raptors play plenty of games over the holidays. I'm sure there's a home game or two mixed in around the holiday season. You want to go with a loved one to a game, get them gifts. It's honestly the best gift to buy somebody. It's a gift that you also get to take part in. It's awesome. Uh, so go to Game Time, find yourself some tickets for a Raptors game or any other event that might be coming up. Go to Game Time right now, download the app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, rounding it out here, Katie Heindel here to uh, get into some team trends to watch. We talked about individual players, but at large, Katie, what's popping out to you is like a thing about the team that you are intrigued to watch. You know, pick either side of the floor, pick a ethereal thing that's not tied to the basketball at all. Uh, what you got as far as, you know, team trends that you're keeping an eye on over these next 20 games to indicate the health of said team? I mean, I feel like we've outlined so many of them already, right? I think mm -hmm. consistency has been the main one for me for probably since like the start of the season, right? When you look at everything is so middling and like, it's not middling in a way that feels awful anymore, but it is middling mm -hmm. in a way that doesn't necessarily feel progressive. So, you know, if this season is a learning curve and you want to come out much better than the team that stepped into it, I'm not that confident that they have are moving toward that goal mm -hmm. uh, as not swiftly because it's going to take time, but just, yeah, as consistently to use that word again as they could be. So I think, that's a trend to watch. Uh, I think everything else at this time last year was a bit worrisome or setting off alarm bells in my head, you know, like team energy and kind of mood around the team mm -hmm. really plummeting. That's not there. Everybody is in really good spirits, you know, mm -hmm. people around the team are saying, if you don't pay attention to social media, <laughs> which they don't, uh, the vibes feel good. Like things feel really different, like noticeably mm -hmm. different from the last few seasons. So I'll take them at their word. They're around the team a lot more than I am. Um, but yeah, I think consistency probably. And also just like locking in a bit more. There's still time. There's still too many times when, whether it's on the defensive or offensive end of the floor, they look a couple of guys look out of step or just like straight up lost mm -hmm. mid play. Yeah. I think, um, just sort of the the big picture stuff as far as like the two ends of the floor that you play in basketball. Uh, mm -hmm. The offense, 
there has been like a pretty steady uptick of late in terms of their production in the half court. That's going to be, I think, a big bellwether for how this team is performing, right? Obviously, like they're 26th right now in half court offense. That's better than being 30th or 29th, which they were for quite some time. Um, but there's still got to be some growth there. You're still behind the San Antonio Spurs in half court offense. That's not a place you want to be if you want to be serious. Like there's got to be, I think, some. And look, I think they stand a chance of showing that growth because mm-hmm. they're clearly kind of getting a little bit more ingratiated into the system day by day. Like there's a, I think a, a quite a learning curve here. And then also I think on defense, like they've been a little bit uh, slipping lately, right? They're, they're out of the top 10. They're 11th on cleaning the glass right now. Um, I think they're even worse on NBA.com, you know, when they, they clean the glass factors out garbage time. So take that for what it's worth. You know, they've got to be this team. Like what was the thing we said coming into the year? They have to be, like a, an elite defense in order to prop up this offense. That's just the way it's got to be. I was very bullish on them being a top five defense. I still think talent wise, they have the wherewithal to get there, but there've been a lot of breakdowns. There've been just some sort of like games where they just seem to, like we talked about with the Knicks game with Oren on Monday, they were seemingly flabbergasted by the concept of sending a double and then rotating on the back end to go contest a three, which was a thing they did with a plum the previous four seasons under mm-hmm. Nick nurse. Um, so that's, I think something that's got to tighten up and Oren made the really good point Monday about they've probably been focusing very much on the offensive side of things so far when they've had practice time, just because it is all so new and it is uh, a pretty complex thing. They're trying to pull off here maybe the defense got some love over the last four days while they were off. Who's to say, who knows how much that'll matter. Um, But I I think the sort of the balance of the half court offense and the half court defense, you know, shocker, this is kind of the root of basketball, but those two things are going to be very indicative of the success of this team. I think Um, let's go back to players, Katie. We've kind of hit the trends. So let's talk about Gary Trent Jr. A little bit more in depth because I, although while his individual play is important, I also think he's important to these team trends, especially the offense. Like when he's in there, the offense runs a lot more smoothly. There's a chance maybe he works himself into a starting lineup at some point here. If in fact a shakeup is going to come, although that feels more like a thing the fan base is clamoring for more than something like Darko Ryakovich is telegraphing like, oh, we're going to change the starters. Um, but Gary Trent Jr., how he kind of falls into these uh, the sort of bigger picture trends and issues that the team has. Obviously, he's a free agent, too. What are your sort of thoughts on him? as we head into the second quarter of the season here. Yeah, I think um, Gary's actually shown to be a pretty steadying factor, which is interesting. This is not what I would have had him pegged for when he first arrived in Toronto, and he was kind of content to shoot from everywhere. But now, you know, when the offense is on and when he's making his shots and, like, creating shots too, I would say uh, he's, like, pretty generative, of course, of offense, but, like, can also settle things down, which is a mm-hmm. real thing that the this team needs still. You know, if Pascal's a bit frustrated, if he's not driving the ball, if he's his shots aren't falling from out like way out, um, then you need somebody to kind of come in and settle things down and and just be like, yeah, you know what? Like I'm I'll make some shots for us, I'll keep us thin so that a run doesn't look like you're suddenly sliding down the side of a mountain, like an a, hmm. a, the other team's offensive run, I should say. Sure. Yeah. Um, and just like plugging the gap a little bit. Uh, he's shown he's pretty effective at that. Uh, I also like when he's shown up defensively. So again, like like much like Precious Achua, I just think there's a lot of room for Gary Trent Jr. on this team and what this team wants to look like going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I just like consistency. But I think he, out of everyone we've talked about, the, I think he's actually 
put in the most work and has kind of changed the most in the way that we can tangibly at least see in game. Yeah, I think we're seeing fewer of the commandeering possessions where he just kind of like it's basically end of clock stuff where he's going to kind of take it for himself mm -hmm. and go to the mid range and stuff like that. Um, you know, the threes have been there, right? He's shooting 36% from three. It's basically what you expect. The volume has been a little bit low, but his minutes are down. So that makes sense. Uh, I think, you know, the two point percentage that's got to come up. It's not been very good. We've seen some like very untimely two point misses and stuff from Gary as well, but sort of bigger picture than just the numbers. I mean, I think one thing we have to see here, and again, this is all part of the information gathering. We got to see more of Gary playing with the main three guys. Yeah. I, we have not seen that enough. The looking at clean the glass right now, Scotty, Pascal, OG, Gary, the four man uh, quartet on the floor, just 70 possessions so far together this season. That does not feel like enough for four of your six most important players. And in those minutes, they've been incredible. Uh, plus 31.4 net rating. Again, just 70 possessions. It's, it probably equates to like a plus 10 overall and just raw plus minus. But uh, it, it's like that's it makes sense. Like Gary Trent Jr., I think he's been asked to play in a lot of lineups where he's like the second best player. And I think that's probably too much and an unfair ask of Gary Trent Jr. Asking him to be the trigger man playing alongside better players who can create stuff for him and draw attention and leave him open on the weak side. That is a way I think to really maximize Gary Trent Jr. And I don't think Darko Ryakovich has done a great job of putting him into spots to really, you know, do the thing he does. He is an agent of space. He's an outlet for what this offense does. And I think there's got to be maybe a little bit more um, sort of intentionality of getting him in there in lineups where uh, he's going to be flanked by the best players on the team. Um, so we'll see, you know, I talked about this with Vivek yesterday, but you in for a starting lineup change at all? Is that something you want to see? No, I don't care. No? <laughs> I don't know. Like, why? The whole point is to be, I think, I, I understand the concept of more fluidity, and I understand that you want to plug in people and maybe see what they can do, but you also, you're trying to create consistency with yeah. one group because so much is on the line for your team and also for their careers, right? Yeah. So that seems counterintuitive to me, but I understand I, why people want it. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, yeah, I think for me, I just, I like Dennis Schroeder. I don't think he is as important to mm -hmm. like the whole picture long-term as like potentially a Gary Trent Jr. or obviously Pascal or OG or even Yaka Pertle. And so just kind of getting a different look where Dennis is not, you know, monopolizing a lot of the possessions. And look, it's a good thing in some ways. He's had nice pick and roll chemistry late with Yak, all that stuff. But um, I would still like to see just sort of a, you know, let's see what Scotty can do as like a lead ball handler. Let's see what Scotty can do, um, you know, kind of trying different things on the floor. That to me is like a way to clear up the overlap stuff between him and Pascal as well to kind of test his bounds. But I also totally understand the concept of not caring about the starting lineup because we, probably care too much about starting lineups when they actually don't matter all that much in the grand scheme um so we'll leave it there katie anything you want to uh plug for the good people out there before we round this out uh, i'm working on a story so i went to the giants of africa um dream big camp uh, on the weekend that was awesome. put on yeah it was like really cute inspiring <laughs> very nice event but i spoke with um raptors new assistant coach mary andre for a while uh, we sat down and chatted She's fantastic. Uh, and I also spoke with Gianners kind of just on visions oh, of yeah. success and 
how obviously the camp, but then how those things kind of translate uh, in broader terms. Some of this has to do with the Raptors, you know, some of it has to do with just like careers uh, in and around basketball. So you can look for that on dime soon. Amazing. Everyone go check that out. Everyone go subscribe to basketball feelings. The best seven bucks I spend every single month uh your piece last week on the world gone crazy really really good uh everyone should go check it out Thank we you. yeah uh you can find me at woodley sean of course you can find us in the discord link is in the description it's free to join we'd love to see you in there and you can support the show by subscribing following rating reviewing on your favorite podcast apps and on youtube of course we'll be back tomorrow to break down the raptors heat game tonight with our pal jamar hines the god of the game recap and uh we'll round up the week on friday with something we'll see tbd we love mystery in the weekly pod lineup friday is always a little grab bag of whatever i feel like doing that day so uh yeah that's to look forward to but in the meantime thank you so much for hanging out we'll talk to you tomorrow talking raptors heat thanks so much enjoy the game bye Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.